and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast, episode 109. And it is, what, about four, three days post, no, only two days post Mardi Gras, isn't it? It's Thursday. So, happy belated Mardi Gras, everybody. Hi, Fredo. Hey. Hi. <laughs> it, you know, yeah, I, it, it's... It, it was it, it was funny because it was a much needed celebration, but I, like I told, I was talking to people. It's like you're convinced that the person next to you has every deadly virus known to man. You know, it's like unless I'm standing next to Brit or Fredo, I'm convinced that the person you know next to me is going to you know put me in an early grave. It's those are, the, but hopefully hopefully you all listen to this nobody gets sick and hopefully it makes you feel a little bit better about doing things and you know easing back into the way we used to do but uh but man it was so much fun it was so much fun um so i wasn't really feeling it the whole time to be honest it felt kind of forced um and i think part of that was the um disease aspect of it but also just not being used to being around that many people mm. um, and like social anxiety that didn't have anything to do with feeling like I'm going to get, you know, there was COVID one, or whatever. There was one dude wearing a shirt that said, I'm, I, I've, 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 t- I've got, I'm, I'm vaccinated, but I just, please don't stand near me. <laughs> Something <Yeah>. like that. That's <laughs> that pretty accurate. Um, but by the time we got to Fat Tuesday, I was, I was good. And I was really glad that I went out and, uh, Got to see the onions and everything else so it was good yeah it was it was interesting because uh i think i was ready for i mean i'd gone out to would been out together to chewbacca's i did crudevu as part of my kunagra uh eight this year and so I, I was ready for the parade season and all the fun that comes during the, the mad dash to mardi gras day but it really didn't hit me till I was, you know, I had to go to the conference out of town to a place much colder than we were. And just being out there that Saturday, that Sunday, just being in the midst of just, I always say there's a point where just, you're just standing in the middle of the street. There's everything all over the trees. There's kids throwing footballs and baseballs and soccer balls. And, you know, you just soak it all in, you know, all the energy, all the good vibes. And it just, it recharges you and but you, you don't you, realize you need that. Yeah, you say recharge though, but it also kicked you square in the capoose. You know, it was <laughs> like uh we have not not prepared to stand for that long on concrete and you know, it's like get home and just like, oh my goodness. And if I if I ever work another Lundy Gras you guys need to like come and beat me. I mean, I was like, what else am I going to do? So I didn't take Lundy Gras off. I took Mardi Gras off, but not Lundy Gras. I should have just take a nap anyway. But, um, no, it was fun. It was fun. And Kate rode in a parade. Um, yeah, so we saw her. That's awesome. Yeah. She didn't see us, but we saw her. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a first for her and, and for our family. So, um, it's like, yay. She had a lot of fun with that. Um, I think that would be her recommendation is to just try it at least once. If you haven't tried it. Very cool. So. Very cool. So now on to St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> if you're if you're having parade withdrawal in New Orleans, you never have to have it long. 
Well, that's what that's what Fredo and I were talking about. It's like you know, it's like talking about you like to go on vacations and stuff like that. I said living in New Orleans, you, you know, it's almost like you get a little mini vacation about every month or so because there's some festival or goings on that, uh, you know, get you pumped up. I mean, just just think about it this way: next weekend, so this weekend, hey, rest up. Next weekend, you have both the Irish Channel Parade and the Isleños Festival up down in Saint Bernard. The following week, you have St. Pat's Day on Thursday, Super Sunday, Uptown Super Sunday on Sunday. And it's like, you know, and before you know, you're into April and here come the music festivals and jazz fest and everything. So it's like, you think you're going to go a long time where you're like, there's nothing happening. No, not here. And then it's Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> no, so. Then it's summer and we don't, we all don't do anything because it's too hot outside. Except, except run from the well, Bulls. The, uh, well, I'm looking forward to that. But however, one thing I'm looking forward to, we're going to Disney World in May. Um, and I'm actually going to be able to go to Batu and things like that. And that's what actually our topic of conversation is tonight. I'm not going on Star Wars Prison. I mean, Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, we're just doing a normal Disney thing. Um, but this past week uh, was a, uh, first of all, they had the media event for the Galactic Star Cruiser. And then their maiden voyage for the public, I believe, was actually Tuesday, I think. Um, so we've actually seen what this thing is and what it has to offer. And um, because there are people posting videos about it and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about um, what we've seen. It's interesting because... <clears throat> uh, Fredo and I have watched some videos on it. Dave has not because he's been, you know, apparently just doing all the Mardi Gras. Um, and, 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 and juggling two jobs. Juggling yeah. two jobs and three kids and, you know, a dog and a wife. And, you know, um, so we'll cut him some slack. But it'll, it'd be interesting to get his uh, reaction to this um, to when we let him know what we've seen. And it was funny because in our, you know, chat, Dave wanted me to get all liquored up. And so I could get all angry, you know, old man yelling at people to get off his Star Wars lawn. But I think you're going to be surprised by some of my takes on this um, because I'm not 100% negative. I'm skeptical. I wouldn't say I'm cynical. I'm skeptical. Um, and uh, but anyway, but first, let's uh, let's do some trivia and get our brains wrapped around uh, some Star Wars stuff. And all right. So, Fredo, first to you. <clears throat> What four-word phrase does Han Solo use to describe the Falcon's next flight if Obi-Wan hasn't knocked out the tractor beam? What four-word really? phrase does Han Solo use to describe the Falcon's next flight if Obi-Wan hasn't knocked out the tractor beam? A really short trip? Is it a really short trip? I will accept that it's a real short trip, but I will accept okay. it as a, as, you know, it's all right. This isn't Wheel yeah. of Fortune. So, yes, be a real short trip. Now hit it. Exactly. It's a fun <laughs> part of the from part of the movie and then the falcon just very slowly backs out of the <laughs> death star and That's... just kind of goes off in the distance <laughs> i'm hanging out the side holding the couch yeah. <laughs> that family guy episode was awesome all right um 
Dave, what color is Queen Amidala's gown during the celebration marking the liberation of Naboo? What color is Queen Amidala's gown during the celebration marking the liberation of Naboo? I think I'm going to go with white. It is white. I was going to go with pink, but it is white. She had some pink accoutrement, I think. Mm. Uh, in her headgear. But, Watch uh, your language. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, and to me, what does Shmi Skywalker claim Anakin knows nothing of? He knows nothing. Oh my gosh! This is oh, hold on. It's killing me, killing me, Smalls. Oh, <sighs> I want to swear right now. <laughs> Blunky. Yeah. Um because yeah, he's not selfish. Yeah. He he knows you going? Yeah, you yeah. gotta go in that whole dark side realm, right? Yeah. There's gotta be something over there. Yeah, he knows nothing of uh selfish <laughs> greed. Crap. Okay, I got mine <laughs> wrong. All right. Oh well, it is what it is. Live to fight another you're, day. So Yeah, you were on the right track. Yeah. Um Cool. All right. Well, Fredo, it looks like we got uh, maybe one bit of sad news. Um, yeah. Yeah. It this was, will be an interesting conversation of, about this. Yeah. yeah, really, the only bit of news for this week, and it's kind of a sad one, is yesterday the family of famed uh, Hollywood producer, uh, studio director, had Alan Ladd Jr. announced his passing. Uh, he was, he passed away peacefully at home. He was 84. For those fans who are not aware of the history or the story behind the making of Star Wars. He is responsible Alan, for Star Wars. Star Wars does not exist without Alan Ladd Jr. Yep. It's like it's like Alan Ladd Jr., you know, George Lucas, Alan Ladd Jr., Marshall Lucas, John Williams. Like there's a list and he's in there. Uh because he was the head of creative development, I believe, at 20th Century Fox, or he had risen to studio head of 20th Century Fox, caught a screening of American Graffiti before it came out and was interested in working with George Lucas. And George Lucas said at the time when he met him, he's like, well, I got this idea for like this epic science fiction fantasy adventure called The Star Wars, back when it was still The Star Wars. So he encouraged him to write it and pitched it in. And he always, I mean, everybody knows kind of, it's kind of gone into legend that Star Wars got rejected at every studio. And uh, Alan Ladd kept trying to bring him back and uh, to 20th Century Fox, even though uh, other heads at 20th Century Fox were like, no, this is ridiculous. Why would we do this? And then they finally agreed because he kept pushing for it. They, when they went over budget or they were behind schedule, he was there to support him. And lo and behold, you know, when 1977 Star Wars comes out, he's, he can only stand back and go, told y'all. Uh, he did have, obviously, a career beyond Star Wars. He, he produced the likes of Chariot of Fire, Braveheart, Alien, Blade Runner, Willow, Spaceballs, Thelma Louise, and Gone Baby Gone. So he really had a massive impact in terms of Hollywood. But obviously, for our purposes here, his biggest impact is not only pursuing Star, uh, George Lucas, but pushing for Star Wars and you know defending and promoting it. And sad to say, he's no longer with us. Yeah, like I said, Star Wars does not exist without him. If you watch any of like the uh, 
Empire Dreams or any of this stuff, you get his story and it's just like everybody thought he was nuts. And it's amazing he didn't lose his job because, I mean, there, you know, he was, yeah, it was just, if it wasn't for him, we would have had something totally different or nothing at all. Yeah, he was like centimeters away from getting fired over the project because it went over budget and it ran long and and nobody got it. It was this space thing like that. That's not a way to make money. And um, I really do encourage everybody to go back and watch Empire of Dreams. If you haven't, even if you have, maybe revisit it. Um, there's a lot of really good information in there about the making of the original three movies. And um, they interview Alan in, in in some of that footage. And so you can hear his firsthand account of some of that stuff. And it's really interesting. He, was, he had a he had a huge impact on those movies happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's uh yeah that's that's sad. And at the end of the the on a tangent, we're we're starting to get to the time, guys, because you know um, George Lucas himself is what he's almost he's pushing eighty because um, he is about my dad's age, I think. And um, you got John Williams who's ninety. Um, it's it, it's gonna st- we're gonna have to like start you know checking ourselves into some you know self-care or something um 77 george lucas is 77 I mean, yeah and so it's uh that's the crappy party about getting old so um well let's leave this d- dismal conversation <laughs> but um uh galactic star cruiser galactic star cruiser um so uh, I want to let everybody know, like I said, if you go on YouTube, there's some great um, uh, videos and one in particular, and I'm not, I'm not like, I, I like this channel. Um, it's the Diz Unplugged. It's I think the Diz on mm-hmm. YouTube. And one, and so one of the things is, uh, of course, um, they were invited, you know, they had, there was a media day. So a lot of these people who have their Disney world, you know, uh, video blogs and stuff like that they're all invited to the galactic star cruiser and um and just they get to experience it and what i liked about the diz was that they i mean they have a three-hour video online and i mean the guy basically just carried a camera around with him and shows you everything that goes on in these two days um it was it was him and two uh, female friends and they were all documenting the entire experience. And that's important because one oh, was one was his coworker and the other was um, his wife. And so we'll 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 get to that in a little bit because it's important as to what goes on here. Uh, and there are some other ones that are shorter, maybe on the hour side of things. And but each of them what they're saying is that <clears throat> no, Disney did does not say here are your key phrases to say unlike the Oscar Isaac thing that Fredo shared with us where, you know, it, it was almost like he was saying practical effects, you know, it's like, you know, it, it sounded like he had some talking points. Um, but of course, what do you expect <laughs> Disney parks to put out? What do you expect starwars.com to put out? But these, I mean, they, they're, they're given their honest, you know, unvarnished, opinion, unvarnished opinion. Now the, the thing about the Diz that I really liked was that um, they, they said they will not, it, that video is not a review. It is just what happens and what you get. And because they said they will not do a review unless they put up their own money. 
And so they actually, it'll be interesting because they're sending, they sent two of their employees on the maiden voyage. So they're actually going to be able to do a review of it. And so this one that has come out is just what happened. Um, so I guess we'll, I'll try to just, and Fredo, help me out. We'll just try to give kind of mm-hmm. the, the thumbnail itinerary of what happens. You show up at the Galactic Star Cruiser, and apparently there is like three checkpoints that you have to go through, three bits of security to get into this place. And that's mm-hmm. important later as well. So it's like you have you get into the gate and they have to make sure you're on the list type of deal. Then you get to another security gate and they make sure you're on the list type of deal. And then you get to the front door where you get your magic band. You get a special magic band. You then get in and then they put you in your transport pod. So you go into this room and and you're taken up to the Halcyon uh, cruiser. Now, I thought this was really pretty cool. Because, you know, you're, you're in this room and they got a window and you can see space. And then you see that you go, you know, it's, it's kind of like the mission space ride type of a deal. You, you see that you're going somewhere, right? And I'm sure there's mm-hmm. probably something, pneumatics or something that is making it, you know, rumble a little bit. So you feel like you're going someplace. Anyway, so you get up to <clears throat> the Galactic Star Cruiser. And I guess the first bit is that they, they went into their room. It looks like a hotel room that was designed by 1970s sci-fi people. Uh, that's my opinion. Uh, and they, they theme everything. I mean, even the hairdryer was called the thermal blower or something. It was something yeah. like that. The refrigerator is called a cooling unit. Um, the It's like everything is themed. The room looked really pretty small really really pretty small um the um it's a queen size bed with two bunk beds and i believe a pull-out bed that's available now the guy did say he's he's six foot three he climbed into the top bunk of the bunk beds and he was able to stretch and be comfortable there in terms of the size because i believe the bed is queen size so that might be pushing it for me and dave in terms of you know, Aaron would be able to sleep bed. on the bunk bed. Yeah. Fine. But of course, and then, yeah. five, so, five, nine, five nine on a good day. I'd sleep soundly on the bunk bed. Um, mm-hmm. So then in the room also, they, okay, so even the TV is themed, um, even though you get the Disney Channel, you, know, you get Disney Plus and you get, you know, park information and stuff like that, but they've got a map of where you're going. It's kind of, I guess, what like what it's like on a cruise. I've never been on a cruise before, right. but the TV yeah. apparently has kind of a map of where you're going. Same type of deal. Think, because... about it like, think about it like a hotel or a big convention center where, you know, if you're staying in there, you, you know, your the first channel on your TV will show you all the amenities everywhere you can go. Same idea. So, um but uh, th- there's also a panel that has your air conditioning and a phone and then a little screen where you talk to a creepy receptionist droid. And this, I mean, this, this, and it's, it's like you're talking to Alexa or Google because it's obviously, you know, it's, I mean, it, it's a bot, right? I mean, you know, I, I actually, part of my job, I had to write, um, help content for a bot. And I know that the, they just plug in as many different types of phrases and, and misspell those phrases and stuff like that, that people might type in. And then, so you can, you know, barf out, um, responses to them. So 
the bot is trying to figure out what it is you want to do type of a deal. What are you here for? You know, it's like somebody said, um, the food or I'm here for adventure and they have different types of things. So then I think that starts translating in well and and this well i'm not even gonna give it away yep i'm getting a total recall vibe from all of this right dude just it's like i'm okay i'm gonna pause for a second this whole thing looks like you're in live action clue that's what it that's what it seemed like and actually and well fredo go ahead i was gonna say because the shorter video that i shared with y'all is kind of a review from disney food blogs with the disney food blog who make this ex- that exact point that this, if you go into it thinking this is quote unquote Star Wars hotel, you're wrong. Right. This is live action role playing slash escape room slash Star Wars experience. Dinner theater. You are yeah, playing it's... in a game in a building, and, oh, so... and that's kind of the that's kind of the catch. Is this is not just. I'm coming to stay at a hotel that's Star Wars. Maybe. Star Wars. I mean, you you can screw all that up. Anyway, so medieval times. <laughs> yeah, there there was there was no Pepsi in medieval times. Therefore, there, yeah, there's no there's best friends forced to do battle. You gotta be on. You're so, on. so anyway, so you also the a big element of this is the data pad, which is the play Disney parks app or something like that. And uh, on your phone. So this is, you'll start getting messages from like, um, some of the cast, uh, because the main cast you had, you had the, um, the cruise director, Okay, it's think the love boat. You had, you know, Captain Steubing, you had Julie. Awesome. You, I mean, you you have who was the who could we call the mechanic? Anyway, you have a mechanic, you have some other dude, I can't remember exactly what he is. You have the entertainment. Kind of those are the main characters. And so the first thing is that you have to go to muster. And so you're at muster and they're now going through it it is like, I mean, and I'm going to pause for a second. All these cast mm-hmm. members, all these actors, this is why part of the reason why it's so expensive is because these are um, equity actors. These they're actually being paid union wage. They're it's, I mean, because they are on the whole time mm-hmm. and in character the whole time. Now, which made me think of when I was watching this, I was like, I kept thinking of the South Park episode, Super Fun Time, when the kids go to Pioneer Village and it's 1864 and everybody has to act like they're 1864 and the terrorists are killing everybody because they won't answer, you know, the question. Just tell me what the, you know, the door code is. I don't know what no fancy door code is, you know, and everybody's getting annoyed. That's what I kept thinking of. Anyway, so you're at muster and... It's starting to set the so- the story. They give you a little backstory of the Halcyon about how it's like been operating for a couple hundred years. Is that right? Or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then in busts in the First Order. And you got a couple stormtroopers and a... Um, an officer like a like a hucks wannabe okay and um he's convinced that there are resistance people 
on board and that the uh and that the captain and everybody the halcyon are are harboring these knowingly these uh well you if you decide to be with the resistance so at this point now you know there's a lot of you know finger pointing and no we don't have anybody like that and stuff like but there's um uh, your data pad might have general hux wannabe contacting you saying hey dave do you know of any resistance people on board? Do you want to help me find them? Yes or no? It becomes like choose your own adventure, right? It's like, no, nah, I don't want to help you. All right, screw you. I'm going home. Or you might have like the mechanic say, I need you to, would you like to help me? I need you to help me find this piece of luggage in the, you know, storage room. You know, meet me here at, you know, 1400 hours or something like that. And you say yes. And then you go and meet them. Fredo, you're going to say something? You know, I was going to say, that's kind of one of the big points at the start with the creepy droid that you talk to. When it asks you what exactly you want to pursue, kind of like the Star Cruiser, it seems like at that point, the it takes your information, what you gave it. You say adventure, you say food, whatever, because you get broken up into four groups, small groups. So I don't I'm not sure they said how many total people can be on on Galactus Star Cruiser one time, but but they break you up in the, into these four groups and they say, you're going to be with these groups. And what's interesting is, is that's when they start kind of guiding you along the storyline that you're going to play through. It's, okay, you've been selected, you've selected that this is what you're after. You get put into one of these pods. That automatically triggers, okay, who's going to be contacting you? Which cast member is going to be engaging with you? And what kind of questions you might get later on down the road? Now we're going to pause here for a second because there's a couple funny things. Number one, Star Wars prison actually has a Star Wars prison. There is a brig on, on the, in the hotel that you can go and sit in. Um, and there's also a, what do they call it? Um, like a habitat simulation or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's basically, you get to go outdoors you, or you get to go into a sunroom and see the sun and trees and stuff like that. It's to, it's to assimilate you to the Batu experience when you get there. But it's really for people who are losing their minds because there are no windows in the, in the hotel room, by the way, you do have a window, but it's space. Uh, yeah. It's a HD <clears throat> panel that's portraying and showing uh, space and debris and you know, stars and whatnot. It's there. If you took a look at the pictures from the outside, it is a gigantic concrete Star Wars prison is what it looks like. It looks like Star Wars prison. Anyway, so they have, like I said, they have this place where you can go out and sit in the sunroom. And like, if you are just about ready to lose your mind. Um, And okay, so you're immediately on these adventures as much as you want. And that's like one of the people, it was all ears. um, Molly, Mm -hmm. she said, um, this is when I realized that you have to be all in if you want to get anything out of this is mm-hmm. that if you're just going to ignore your data data pad, then you're there. You're not going to be, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a much more boring experience for you. Now there are things you can do. Um, you can go learn how to play Sabacc and actually they have some digital sabacc tables so imagine like lando playing video poker in you know a cantina somewhere but um you can learn play sabacc you can go to lightsaber training you can go to bridge training which is 
you know, kind of they're teaching you how to run the controls and then they are teaching you how to like shoot at asteroids because later on you're going to be shooting at TIE fighters because if you are part of the group that gets roped in as resistance to say, okay, we need to fight off the first order here because throughout Mm -hmm. the two days it ramps up. The first order is clamping down on things. Um, and so you get called in, we, Hey, we need you, Dave, we need you to come to bridge training. Are you game? And then you come to bridge training and that's when they say, all right, yeah, we are all resistance scum and we need to get rid of the first order. So help us shoot TIE fighters. Now, remember we taught you that at bridge training, you know, how to shoot asteroids. Well, now we're shooting TIE fighters. And so now you're, you're playing asteroids is what it is. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, um, what's some other things you can do? Um, and actually in the lightsaber training stuff, they, there's some surprises in there. Um, like, um, a, a spoiler alert, all this is we're spoiling everything, but there's a, um, like a hologram of Yoda comes out of a holocron. And actually throughout the lightsaber training, you've got Yoda's voice, much like when they're in Savi's workshop, when you're putting together the lightsaber. So they're, they're feeding off of that. Um, and there, oh, there's also some, like I said, some entertainment. There's, uh, and they're all resistance scum as well, you know, type of a deal. So then in the second day, and by the way, the guy from the Diz said that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm yammering a whole lot. We'll, we'll discuss here in a second. But the guy from the Diz said that it was like, he didn't stop. It was like from the minute they got there until like 10 o'clock at night did not stop and it was like so you know go to sleep and you wake up and the next day it's breakfast and you go to batu and on on batu they put you in a little shuttle which is a bus with no windows then they fly you to batu um and you go through a different entrance and you get to go on rise of the resistance and actually the missions keep going because now if you're part of the resistance if you like Dave, you went on Smuggler's Run and you're you're stealing coaxium for Hondo. Well, you're doing that because for that for this thing that's going on in the Galactic Star Cruiser, they need coaxium. So you need to go on Batu and do this job for Hondo to steal some coaxium so that we can get it back up to the Star Cruiser. They said they developed both of these at the same time. So when people went on Millennium Falcon, the Smuggler's Run, it's like, why are we stealing coaxium? This is weird. Well, now it only makes sense if you spend $6,000 to, you know, go on the Star Cruiser. <clears throat> so anyway, so it keeps going. And you get on your uh, shuttle and go back to the hotel. And then there's this big finale where Ray comes out. And this is the only time you see the lightsaber. That retractable lightsaber retractable. is held. Is is held. It looks really cool, but you only she's up on like uh you know up on a second level, so you're far away. I, so I, you can't really see how it works or anything like that. It looks awesome. It does look awesome. And her and Kylo Ren have a big lightsaber fight. Um, there's also a droid there. I mean, watch the video. You see all this. And um, Chewbacca's also on board. Um, so. Yeah, there's there's all this goes on, and I guess Ray saves the day, and hooray, the resistance wins, and then you you go back to Albuquerque or wherever you're from. Um, now some things. Um, are you trapped? No, you can leave the hotel. You can if you want to. You can leave the hotel, uh, <clears throat> but the thing is, remember those three security checkpoints. Uh, 
you have to go through all those when you get back to the hotel. It's not like you just walk in like, hey, I'm at Port Orleans now. Yay, let me, you know, you have to prove that you're supposed to be on the Galactic Star Cruiser. And then the flip side of that is if you if you decide, hey, we're leaving this hotel and we're going to go to Disney Springs, well, then you're missing out on all these missions. You pay for all these missions. Um, so you're not trapped. Um, the food, the food sounds like standard Disney food, but looks weird. And that's it where, like and they, that's where I had my, and um, this is where I'm going to be going with Dave because Dave, your kids actually have a broader palate, I think, than most kids uh-huh. their age. And if you see some of the pictures of this stuff, I'd wonder, would the average 10-year-old want to eat it? I don't care if you say, hey, it's actually just jello. Just eat it. Because it looks like something not like jello, you know, would be like, no, I ain't doing this. Or you tell them that it's like, you know, bantha ribs or something. It's like, dude, it's just bare ribs. And it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not eating it, you know. So the food looks weird. You do have green and blue milk on tap drink as much of it as you want um and there is a bar um so where you learn sabak anyway fredo you're gonna say no yeah i was gonna say that regarding the food yeah it seems like they're taking the same process or the same concept that they did at galaxy's edge and just ramped it up now i will say the only times that you kind of get a break in the two days is meal time and um it seems to be plenty like, of it like in prison it's but yeah but like you get a like blue shrimp and you get a lot of stuff that's like you know you get mochi and you get naki and you get a lot of stuff that it's proper it's named star wars style but it's like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese only doctored up and that weird looking chicken nuggets and mac and cheese uh, that's quite crazy dynamic they're trying to sell you in the immersion that's gonna be my topic of my point all along they're trying to make sure you get the immersion that you want. But that also means that when you go to the food, as an adult, you're probably going to be okay. As one of the younger or more picky eaters, you know, even somebody who's got selective palate, I don't know that if you have a very uh, limited or you know, restricted diet for whatever reason, that you're going to have much of a choice at Galactic Star Cruiser. They do have vegan You're somebody stuff, who can't have. But it was like, it, 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 it was kind of like, um, as they're going through all the meals, it's like extravagant, extravagant, extravagant beans and lettuce. You know, it was like, <clears throat> you know, it was like, I don't know. Um, I've got, I've got more to say, but uh, Dave, what kind of questions do you have after what we just kind of walked you through? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, you guys did a pretty good job of describing it. I'd say like the, um, Oh gosh, what's that? Oh, that's the food. That's the mystery food. Yes, I yeah, I don't know, I don't know. the The food, I mean, like since I've been there, the food in Batu was pretty good. Again, mm-hmm. they dressed it up to make it sort of alienish. Um, oh, it's not of this planet, you know. But really, you're eating, you know, something that is of this planet and enjoying it. So, um. I'm not too sketched out by that. I think they'll probably do a good job with it. Um, there's always something you can give a. It's like, oh, 
they're not eating the the blue mystery substance. It's like, well, there's a bag of chips at this vending machine right over here, ten steps away. You know, it's like you got. They're always going to give people options. I think. Now, um, I will say um, a couple things that because, like I said, I've been you know from the minute they announced this, I've been negative. I get it, and it's but it's been kind of my shtick, and I've been rolling with that shtick. Thing that I, I was first of all, I said I told you guys if. Walt Disney was alive, he would be over the friggin' moon because this is exactly what he envisioned Disneyland and Disney World to be. He wanted you to feel like when you went to Fantasyland, like you were in fan you were in a different time and a different place, not at a park. He wanted to transport you somewhere. He he wanted that immersion. And this thing is the first time that Disney has accomplished that because I could and they're actually one of the the Diz was talking about on their weekly show. They said there's like a thing with LARPing where it's like you, after you do it for so long, it starts to feel real. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, what a lot of people have been talking about. It's like, you start feeling like you're actually not of this world. Um, So this immersion, it is, it is, I think it's, it's incredible that they, but of course you lock anybody in a windowless room and tell them what reality is and they will follow. The other thing is um, the actors are awesome. And, but it's like, it is like WWE because there is a script, but then they have to be improv artists, you know, because somebody like me is going to come up to them and say, you know, I didn't I see you on, you know, such and such on Tatooine last year. They have to have an answer for that, you know, and and actually be able to play off of then not just read their lines, but to be able to react and that, to everything that's going on around them and keep that storyline. But at the same time, keep the storyline going. So they I mean, it's like, again, it's what professional wrestlers do. It's what you know, it's it's good improv artists. Um, so that I mean, that's incredible. Um, but all that goes into my, and we can talk about this later is, will they be able to maintain this? Yeah. And yeah. is the, is the show the same each time? Like, do we get oh. to the, I mean, it's like a choose your own mm-hmm. adventure book. You, you get yeah. to the same ending. Well, Just, and here's kind of where I'll go. Some of the experience that the, the, this, uh, um, blog that, uh, showed, but also some of what this food blog in, in, you know, inferred was that <clears throat> depending, a lot of it depends on not just the, the level of immersion that you want to engage with, but also a lot of the stuff you do and the timing is key. Meaning if you didn't get a chance to, if, you know, if a cast member didn't come up to you and offer you the opportunity to, hey, meet me over here at this hour to start this process. Well, when it gets down to a second day and you have the big battle, you may not have access to a certain experience moment or moment. Now, so therefore you lose out on that. Pause for that for a second, because that is a downside mm-hmm. to this because the, the Diz people went through this. You know, I told you they were with, the guy was with his coworker and his wife. He and his coworker got a whisper from somebody saying, hey, meet me at the bridge at four o'clock. His wife was off doing something else. She didn't get that invite. And so when it came four o'clock and they got up to the bridge, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't go in. You're not on the list. So that member of the party got left out. Now imagine if that, now imagine if that was Harper and Olivia, 
Yeah. Imagine yeah, if imagine if that was Kate and Dave. You know, it's like um, now if Kate is on her own data pad making her own decisions, saying "screw you," I'm going to be with the first order, and you're going to be "screw you," I'm going to be with the resistance. Well, then, yeah, you guys aren't going to spend much time together because you're be and if you're going to go on these side missions. But there is the possibility because of these little, you know, like I said, on the spot interactions that your party could get split up. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Like the idea that I got to deal with a six year old tantrum just because she was wanting to watch television while this key interaction point was supposed to be going on. It's like, no, no, I don't think you can hold parents to that sort of standard. I get it if you're, again, like if you said, you choose your own adventure, you chose to do this, and they chose to do this. I get all that. Now, but it's like, I can imagine, I can eh. imagine Disney, if you, if you came up and said, I've got three kids here, you know, they're going to say, okay, let the third one in. But I'm, but even if it's like just two adults, and what if you're, what if you're very, I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know, it, it just, it just seems crappy. <laughs> Again, I I, under, I understand. I, I went to the loo. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, you went to the fresher. You went to the fresher. Please. I went to the, I went to the fresher, and now I can't pilot the ship and blow up Tie Fighters. But you know what? <laughs> this is by design. This is Disney trying to get ahead of. Oh, you came in and you saw everything. Therefore, there's no need for you to come back a second time. This is them creating. A like I said, like a choose your own choose your adventure book. In those kind of books, you didn't read through all the pages the first time. You have to go back to the beginning and read again. What Disney's counting on is that you will be so immersed, so engaged, so happy with your experience that you'll put down your credit card and your money down the second time and come back and try to get those other experiences and moments that you didn't get. But see, it's okay. So again, I'm, I'm going to go back to South Park. It's like when Cartman bought the um, um, the amusement park, and he's mm-hmm. he's on the haunted mansion ride, and he he knows where everything is popping up because he's been on the ride a gazillion times. So, I mean, how much I would see this being fun the first time, um, where you know because everything is like you don't know what's coming at you, but the second time when it's like. Again, it's yeah. When you've read that choose your own adventure book the second time, it's like I ain't taking that path. I know what happens, you know. Then it is. Are you really getting the fun out of it? Yeah, you're experiencing things, but is it the same amount of fun? And again, my question is, and this is we don't know yet. It'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. Is does the storyline change? Do they have well, that's... do they have different actors for different days, and there might be a whole different story? But that would seem to be a maintenance nightmare. But also, but I mean, what they're counting on is that, say, for example, you show up that first time, you want to be the good guys, you want to be the resistance, and you get to experience some of the events that the folks from this Plug experience. But what if the next time you come in, you want to experience that first order track and get those experiences because you didn't get them when you were resistance, you, you know, you wouldn't have access to them. You're going to have access to them now because you're playing the first order. So at least it encourages you to come back at least a second time. But you're right. A lot of it's going to depend on that level of immersion and how much fun you have. And 
Well, it's and tough to gauge because because again, they're put, Disney's putting a lot of this on you. They're and, saying you want to have the fun. You got to get your butt up. You, you got to be, in, you your, gotta be involved. in your hotel room. It is. Yeah. It is. We just we all just got done with Mardi Gras, and it's the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, it. Allah is stuck. Screw it. I'm going home. And I, you know, I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep, but I missed the third parade for that night, you know? And it's like, um, so, and that's the thing is that when I I watched this video, they said, you have to be committed in order to get everything out of it. And I don't know if I have that in me to be committed the whole time, because at some point I'm going to be like, all right, seriously, what's your day job? I'm going to, I'm going to try to ask them like a real world question. Or it's gonna, or it's gonna wear on me, you know. It's kind of like the the mask, and, and this makes me sound like old curmudgeon. I get it. It's like I love it when, you know, the mascot, you know, the Pelicans game comes up and you get to interact for a little bit. But after about thirty seconds, like, all right, dude, go away. You know, I mean, that's I, get off of my lawn. Well, I mean, <laughs> but it, it, you know, so you really do. Uh, yeah, you you really have to be you know, set yourself up to be committed and don't go with a a person who is going to be, you know, Johnny, you know, rain cloud at any moment. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's going to, it's going to ruin your time. Disney food blog made another point regarding what if you're an introvert? Like this is the kind of experience. You're not going to this place. I'm sorry. If you're, if you have any sort of introverted, like, tendencies don't go <laughs> yeah yeah this is a this is an experience for people who love running up to total strangers and just talking to them who want to touch every button who want to be engaged in every kind of way because again it calls that out of you it demands that out of you for you to get your money's worth and your time's worth and your efforts worth and if you're not if you're not going to do that it's almost like they should put that sign up if you're not willing to it's not a, how tall for this ride you are. It's how committed, how into it are you going to be for this ride? Again, the horrible it's thing super is, fun time. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah. And the horrible thing is a lot of people are not going to know that until they're there, until they're literally on that bus, you know, or on that and, shuttle. And to, things, uh, and things wear you down. Again, you have a six-year-old that melts down. You get sick. Yeah. You, what, I mean, whatever. Um, so now let me ask you this question, Dave, after all the things we've said, does this sound like it's worth $6,000? No. And no. okay, so the other part of that question is <laughs> what what is the longevity of this? How long can do you think Disney can maintain this experience? I want to make two brief points too and I'll and then we can circle back to that. Um you got you compared it to Mardi Gras. I thought that it was a really good comparison, but I would say one thing to that too. Mardi Gras is free. Right. Um, we go and we decide, like you said, how much we want to ingest, whether we're going to skip out on something, whether I'm going to be the stick in the mud, or whether I'm just tired or my kid's melting down or whatever. Um, there's a lot of reasons that a person might opt out of fun. That's free. It's not $6,000. I think like that's going to motivate a lot of people to try to participate more than they might. So that sort of answers the introvert question, at least for me. It's like, well, yeah, you, you're paying for this, so you're sort of obligated. Um, I also, I'm really curious to see 
how much of this might be completely randomized because I know that Star Tours operates in that way um, where you, I think there's three sections to Star Tours. There's a first section, a second section, and a third section, and they're all completely randomized. So every time you ride on Star Tours, you're getting a different combination and and you're not going to get it repeated until, you know, unless you're unlucky until you're 20 rides in. Um, and I would, so I'm wondering I would if agree there's... with you. I would agree with you, except for the fact that on Star Tours, you don't have the human element from the audience. It's mm -hmm. not like, you know, you sitting in the third row can, a, can totally take the, the shuttle on a detour, which as a person who spent six thousand, I might be that person actually who tries to derail the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's like just by interacting with the captain, you know, and say, yeah, I said, I, I've been saying I'm resistance, but I'm actually first order. What do you think about that? You know, or, or, you know, something like that. So I, but I throw that yeah. out to you. You might be right, but that, and that's what we don't know yet. We've seen one story play out. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, to be honest, like if there's any of that going on, because I could see somebody getting into a position where they think I'm going to manipulate this entire scenario. So I get the same outcome that I want, because that's the outcome that I had that one time. And I'm going to do everything exactly that way. And I'm going to get that outcome. I could see why if somebody's dropping six grand on the experience, why you would want that to be allowable. But I also feel like if you introduce more random elements, um, that people don't have any control over, you're assuring them that they're going to have a different experience. And then in that way, it, it, it sounds like it would be worth more to me and that's, in that way. And that's the interesting thing I think we're going to see in the next couple of weeks as more people are going on this now. And so like the Diz, you mm -hmm. know, you have the, the two people who went on the media one and then you have the two who are they're paying to go on this the maiden voyage so they can get together and compare notes, you know. Um, now I have an idea because I don't think that they're going to be able to maintain this paying $6,000, the experience, the way it is right now, looking down the road, I think, you know, I mentioned before, I think it's going to become part of galaxy's edge. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my, my tune on that. When you go to Disney, there are like little packages that you can purchase. Like, you know, Brittany and I got one time, a, uh, a special thing at animal kingdom where you, you got to go behind the scenes and go on, you know, and we got to uh, see a rhino and we got to, you know, we got to go places where it was basically a, our own special tour that where the rant, you know, the normal public couldn't go. And we spent, you know, whatever it was a couple hundred bucks to do this. I think what they should do, first of all, let people, if you want to stay at the star Wars hotel, you can you can pay to stay at the Star Wars hotel, but then have these. I don't think this thing needs to be two days long. So you pay. Let's say you pay. You know, three four hundred dollars for a full day where you're doing missions, and you you go up to the Star Cruiser. You still get in the shuttle and go up to the Star Cruiser, and you know you maybe you you know get the setup at muster and then you go on some missions and you go down to Batu, and then you come back 
and you have dinner and then you have the finale and you go home. Mm-hmm. Then maybe that becomes worth it and it becomes more manageable. You know what I mean? So you could have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show. You could have a Tuesday, Thursday show. You know what I mean? It's like you could you could change it up a little bit. And you could still get money if people want to go stay at the Star Wars Hotel. Well, and maybe in that way what you would get is you'd be able to scale down the Choose Your Adventure experience to fit on a single day where you know you're showing up in the morning. You're going to get through some of the fun stuff. You're going to get to go to bed too and then come on back, finish your adventure, go back to wherever you're staying in the park or whatever the hotel. It would allow them to cycle through a number of people. I think the maximum that they could do is something like 60,000, maybe 70,000 people a year, which for the prices that they're charging, okay, it's got to be a moneymaker, but it's more on the lines of if you ever decide, okay, we're not really making getting the numbers up to the initial burst, this could be a good way to... Um, you know, your plan may be a more affordable, more available, easier plan to manage because then you're not beholden to having to provide all this food and all this constant entertainment. You know that they're going to be on a, oh, you're choosing to go resistance, you go this way, you can choose to go for a sword, you go this way, and then there's a day of adventure and then you're done. Well, the, um, the lightsaber uh, experience is a similar thing to that where you go in and it's an hour-long maybe not even an hour long process where, you know, the, the ceremony and the building of the saber and the actors and the immersion of it. And it's really cool. And it's about 200 bucks. And then you get the souvenir at the end of it as well. So like, to me, that felt like totally worth it. I'm wondering if like your idea has some merit as well, because like, well, it's a few like, hundred a few hundred bucks for a few hours of total immersion in some sort of play acting situation. Like, well, it's kind of like you know, like I said, the, one of the big ones at Disney is the Keys to the Kingdom, where they take you all around Magic Kingdom. You get to go, you know, underneath and you get to see the tunnels and you get to go backstage and all this stuff. Place, I mean, you you pay a couple hundred bucks, maybe three hundred bucks for it, but then also you get fast passes for like every right or something like that you know so they make it worth your while and it's not something you're going to do for every disney trip you know but it certainly makes if you have a family of four it makes it a little bit more doable if it's only you know a couple hundred bucks a person versus a thousand bucks a person you know um so i don't know um I just looked it up for the same price for two nights and on um, Star Wars Prison. Aaron, you could get a fam- Dave, Dave could, and Kate could take their entire family on a seven-day Disney cruise. Yeah, like that—that's what a uh, Disney luxury cruise. Or you know, that's the other thing. And that's it's with like, a really good room too. With a good-sized room where you're gonna have pools. Because here's the other thing: if you want to go to swim at the pool, there's no pool like like in Galactic Star Cruiser. You know, oh. there's no. You have a, you have a sunroom no, where you can see a tree. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there's not there's that's one of both the selling points and one of the downsides. I think it's the fact that in order to get your money's worth, your value, you really have to be invested and you got to be go go go. But again, this is your vacation. If you decide, okay, I want to relax, there is no relaxing at Galactic Star Cruiser. 
because you you miss out on the whole half half of the fun. All right, so I got I have two questions. Um, one mainly to Fredo, did it look like Star Wars? Uh, now hold on, it, hold on, hold on. Um, but yeah, okay. Did, I'll just let everything play. Did it look like Star Wars? Yes, uh, it mostly did. It, it, it let's put it this way, it looked and felt like the effort was made for this to look like the sequel trilogy. It reminded they, me of know, Canto looked, Bite. It reminded me of yeah. Canto Bite. Yeah, it, it's it looks. It, part of it is that it looks clean because of course it's Disney, so it's gonna be clean and. Uh, in Star Wars, historically, we're more accustomed to to a grittiness, to a you know, you know, Star Wars has never been the nice, clean hallways with the nice, bright uh, fluorescent lights. That's been more Star Trek's futurist, you know, positive futurism. You know, Star Wars is always leaning into the idea of a lived-in, grimy universe. Galactic Star Cruiser does not fit that. Bad too, kind of, sort of does, but not the Halcyon. Yeah, because to me it looked like it looked like I had to convince myself that it looked like Canto Bite. At first, it just still it looked like nineteen seventies random sci fi thing. All right, so here's, here's my other one, and I guess Dave, you can answer this without having seen the videos. Should anything that happens from the actors, and I'm not going to have the audience members because that's ridiculous, but from the actors from this experience should any of this have any effect on star wars canon which i know you there were all of us are like going come on canon whatever but there are people actually arguing about this that you know how does this affect star wars canon because you have the first order invading a resistance held ship or whatever should something that happens at the disney parks affect the overall Star Wars story. I I mean, I'm not opposed to the idea in terms of like, if you think about the secondary material, and again, not to denigrate uh, anything by using that term, but if you think about like the books and the comics and some of that stuff, yeah, sure. I mean, um, I think Canto Bite has showed up before. Um, you know, there's... There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff from um, there's a lot of stuff that gets used multiple times in multiple mediums. And so it's like it's not it's just not going to be something that like I would rule out in any way, shape or form. Oh, you know, we're going to reference this in one of the novels that uh, there the time that. Uh, well, uh, now, I mean, Lucasfilm does have, you know, history of saying this is this ain't they they certainly could say yeah the stuff over here at disney world that's nice stuff but that ain't we're not going because what if what if taika watiti says hey i want to make my whole movie about the halcyon star cruiser i mean they, mm-hmm. they probably would be all for it because they want money but you know it's like um you could very well see the story group saying you know no it's just all disney park stuff let's just let that go fredo what do you think uh I think I'm treating it much the same way as I would treat, say, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, in terms of it's nice, it's secondary. If you want to integrate what the story that you experience uh, into your canon, perfectly fine. I mean, for for reference, this takes place between the end of Last Jedi 
and the start of Rise of the Resistance, uh, sorry, Rise of Skywalker. So all the so, uh, Disney and has and Lucasfilm have worked really hard at integrating, not integrating, but designing Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, Batu, and now Galactic Star Cruiser to fit within that framework. I so mean, they're congruent, from, yeah. Right from from the very first appearance of the uh, of the first order officer with the stormtroopers looking for resistance scum and whatnot to the way that the cast members are trying to help or hinder the resistance to eventually the appearance of the likes of Ray. You know, the whole setup is designed to fit within that period between those two movies. Again, how much of it do you want to apply to it in terms of this is canon? Will be up to you. I mean, if I'm not going there, I'll never know. I mean, unless, you know, unless I really want to take copious notes about people's videos or whatnot, it's fine. Because ultimately, if, if, if you're right, if somebody like Taika Waititi says, I want to make a Galactic Star Cruiser movie, Disney will find a way to rewrite stuff around it to make it all fit. So, so my, again, it's canon. My last question is, one of my favorite videos online is a video of Pluto chasing a little kid around Main Street, USA, and like chasing after this kid. And then he gets pushed down by a lady. And it's because like before this video was shot, little kid kicked him in the nuts. So how long before, how long do you think before we have a video surface on YouTube of a first order stormtrooper or officer leaning down or the, or the, you know, Captain Steubing leaning down saying, listen, you little crap, you play along and quit mouthing off while I'm speaking here. Otherwise we're, you know, what, how long before they break character and we see, we see him chastise some little kid or adult. How long? I'm, 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 I'm guessing three months. I call that pulling a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in airplane. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Listen here, little kid. I've been, you you know, tried pulling Walton up and down the court for. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm, so, I'm serious uh, because, I, and I'm, I'm making a I'm Roger, a, Roger. I'm making a huge judgment here because anybody, I mean, anybody who has that much cash to drop on this thing, you're going to have a certain bit of entitlement coming along with you. You know, not anyone. There are people who are going mm-hmm. to pack their pennies away so that they can have a weekend at the Galactic Star Cruiser. You know, like my friend Ed, who lives across the lake, he wants to go, and he but is by he's he's level headed. He's not entitled. You know, he's got a family. He works really hard. Um, but there's going to be some rich punk that's just going to drop six thousand dollars and come and try to get drunk and just mess with people. How long before we see Dave? How long do you think before we see a video of something like that of Star Cruiser gone wild? <laughs> I, I don't know, but if we do, Disney will shut it down like that. They'll shut it down straight away because they don't tolerate that nonsense. Well, and I, and I do think there's gonna be look, people are people, somebody's gonna say something inappropriate. I, and it doesn't even have to be that mean. I mean, I remember being at, uh, where did I go? One of the haunted houses around town for Halloween. And I just started kind of, you know, making snarky jokes at some of the cast members and that there, to the point one guy went, 
dude, shut the heck up. You I know, did the same thing when I was in high school. I did the same thing and I got exactly. chastised too. I yeah, exactly. It's I would, a, I would probably do that thing. in my forties as well. I would, you know, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. Like I said, I think we, we'll need to keep our hand, uh, or keep our eyes out for, because this first, you know, like the thing that Diz went on and like I said, all ears and stuff like that, these were all professionals, you know, these were all professionals who went, these were all media types. Some of them wanted to, you know, sure have their own bent, you know, like this is awesome or this sucks. But you know, there are a lot of people who are just like reporting on what they saw. I want to see what it is. Now, now the normal people are starting to go through and it'll be interesting in the coming weeks to see what those experiences are like. Um, I don't know. So, well, and then and again, I hate to bring it back to the prize, but that's where the immersion and the expectation are going to crash into one another. The, the simple fact is you cannot get away from the fact that this is not an experience anybody can do. This is not an experience that is easy to make. You're making life that, choices and, when you decide to go to Galactic Star Cruiser, and that unless is, you're above a certain tax bracket. And that is the worry because um, Disney recently has, I mean, they've cut a lot of the street performers and mm -hmm. because they said, you know, our cast members can do this well enough. Like the kids that are on college programs or they're for their part-time job, they're, they're doing this and so at what point it's like okay we'll keep charging six thousand dollars but we're not going to have equity and this i'm taking this directly from by the way the diz this is not my original thought um this is pete warner's thought mm -hmm. but how long before they say we're not going to pay equity actors we're just going to you know get trained schlubs off the street to you know so you're still paying six thousand bucks but you're not getting you know you're not getting a uh, Phantom of the Opera. You're getting Saturday Night Live, you know. I don't know that you can. I mean, the, the whole point, the whole selling point of this is you are living your Star Wars story. Fredo. Those actors Fredo, are the essence of it. We live, we live in a world where people think that you don't have to be trained as a teacher to be a teacher in a classroom. So there are probably a lot of people that will look and, oh, she's just got a blue face and she just has to say these lines. I can do that. Hmm. We, yeah, we live in a world in a country, especially that says, Oh, I can do that. And if somebody can get that for cheaper, that we also live in that country. So true. But the, my only defense would be, unfortunately, we're not pouring billions, billions of multi-billion corporations are pouring billions into making this a success like that we should with our schools. But I'll digress from there. I do think that uh, eventually they're going to have to come up with an, a more affordable option for people to experience it, whether that's a loyalty reward of some kind, um, whether it's like you were mentioning earlier, um, Aaron, about like maybe it's a half day or a full day where you only pay 400 bucks. I just think like I've seen these Disney bloggers I haven't seen these particular videos that you're referencing, but I've seen their, their other videos. Um, and they, they go, they go and they go back and then they go back again and then they go back again. And they're like, this time I got this variant of the lightsaber. And this time I got this Kyber crystal, you know, and it's like, Holy moly, you just dropped, you know, thousands of dollars on just that 
$6,000 is going to break these people at some point if they're going back over and over and wanting to go back over and over. So I think like there's going to have to be some sort of allowance for that because after a while, your high roller types aren't going to be interested in doing it. They'll go for the novelty because it's new. It's a weird thing. Oh, I get to say I went. Um, and eventually they'll lose interest and they'll go away. And now you need your your Disney fanatic people to come back. And they're not, you're going to have to figure out a way to price it in such a way that they can do that. Well, I am going to paraphrase the chancellor when he said we'll be watching your future with uh, great interest. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll keep watching. But uh, yeah, like I said, I'm... You, you, you can remember that, but you couldn't remember greed. I couldn't remember greed. Um, <laughs> now we are the Hudat Jedi podcast. So one Hudat question, um, who is going to be our quarterback next year? I say Jameis. Fredo? Jameis. Dave? Jameis. Um, so there you go. We've decided. We've decided. Um, anyway, yeah, it looks like he's uh, he's doing well. He sounds like he's making mm-hmm. a pretty good recovery, and he's working hard. Um, it's just, can we get him for a for a decent price? So, um, it's interest. It is interesting that all of his uh, rehab videos and stuff that's appearing online is through the Saints' official accounts. Like it's not Jameis's own accounts doing it, and. You know, it's the Saints showing you, hey, he's coming back. So it's like, it's interesting because if he was looking for an exit, and I am in no way 100% guaranteed that it's going to happen because there are going to be other teams interested in him. We were talking about that at the parade, right? That's the free agent quarterback market is slim pickings and the draft class so far does not look like it's going to be a tremendous. Now, again, this is all now before anybody's thrown a football in anger so if, if it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of offers he starts getting from quarterback needy teams of which there are many this year well all right well i suppose we will uh wrap it up there and uh um, sleep yeah and uh i actually have the day off tomorrow so hooray mm-hmm. um and uh hooray. yeah thank you to my company who give us the day off um but until next week we will say who dat who dat who dat and everybody have a great night my monkey